0: welcome back to the ed morrissey show podcast today as always we have the prince of twitter the regent of redstate.com andrew malcolm at ah malcolm on your twitter scorecards when twitter is working and you're not rate limited <laughs> <laughs> or so I, that's apropos of nothing at all i mean i haven't been yeah. frustrated in the last few days over rate limitations uh, andrew uh No, I I must I must not be very important because I
1: I don't even know what it means. I haven't. It hasn't bothered me. That's because you're royalty. Yeah, royalty. That's the reason why. That's funny. So so last week I suppose it was one of the young Asian women, but um, uh, was always trying to contact me, and I just drive Asian women crazy. Um, I. uh, I got a, I got a, a direct message and, and it said, um, oh, so are you, are you really royalty? What, what is a prince of Twitter? <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. And I said, Oh yeah, I'm also a regent. Uh, and then I blocked her.
0: Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's, that's, I, I I've noticed that, um, that my attractiveness quotient has gone up quite a bit on Twitter and Instagram of late uh, because I've got all these and primarily Asian, but not entirely um, all these new accounts following me I, I've, with yeah. uh, lovely young women with three followers. Yeah. Yeah. Or private, right. You have to, <laughs> you know, somehow, somehow commerce is involved in this somehow. And I don't want to find out how <laughs> one way or another, yeah. you know, as Robert yeah. Heinlein once wrote, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> oh, well, isn't it funny. The things that go on and that they, they just come to seem normal.
0: <laughs> yeah. I I'd, I'd say that that's true in our profession too. And as well use that as a segue because uh donald trump had an interview yesterday with um maria bartiromo and uh made a number of claims i mean some of this stuff is is kind of nonsensical that you know supposedly he would settle the ukraine war in 24 hours yeah at uh, most at most at most because he'd double the amount of aid that we're sending to ukraine unless putin agreed to end the war um (laughs) Now that's gotta be, that's, that's gotta be that's, some sort of cognitive dissonance for his followers and for Tucker Carlson, who's arguing the exact opposite that we shouldn't be sending any aid at all. I, I mean, well,
1: a, it's a, he's a peacemaker, Ed. You, you you have to realize that he's a capitalist peacemaker.
0: Well, that's yeah, that's one interpretation of it. I know that he claims, <laughs> I know he claims there wouldn't have been a war if uh, if he'd been president, and you know. Maybe, but I mean, this thing's been going on in sort of slow motion since 2014 and it didn't happen on his watch and that much is true, but, yeah. um,
1: in you know, that's
0: about the United States. It, no, you're right. In, in fact, uh, Putin
1: didn't start organizing until, uh, the invasion until, uh, Trump was out of office two months. Right. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, uh but and he and he uh he invaded um what he took over crimea in 14
0: right 2014 that's right
1: right and then 21 no 22 he uh invaded ukraine but in the middle there was four four years of trump i i, I think that's probably got a a significant element of truth to it but it's not necessarily a reason to elect him now. It's too late.
0: Well, yeah, it's too late for that. And uh, and again, I mean, even if you were arguing that he has a better policy on Ukraine than Biden, he's not really articulating a different policy. Than no, Biden. no, he's not. What he does have is unpredictability.
1: And he yeah. said, "When remember when I I don't remember if it was in his. Muslim speech in Riyadh, or, or what? But he did say that American diplomacy had become too predictable. And that's true. Uh, yeah. it, it had. And it, it is unpredictability? Um, you can argue about it, that, you know, the media wanted to make it bad. oh, he called Kim Il-Sung, a, 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 or not Kim Il-Sung, Kim Jong-un, a bad name and threatened fire and, and destruction. Um, but it works, you know, I mean, if, if the world takes you for granted as a, uh, a little kitty cat, then you, uh, you don't, you lose your clout and right. Trump had, and Trump is using the same thing, unpredictability with the, uh, over the debate, uh, next month. You Know, I said, Well, I don't think I'm gonna come. Oh, gee, he won't come. The ratings will be terrible. And then he shows up or he doesn't show up, and nothing changes. It's, it's well, he didn't tactic. show up in Iowa. I mean, he, he said but he didn't was- show up once, and um,
0: uh, he didn't win it, did he? No, I'm talking about this past week. The, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah. the forum that Tucker Carlson was hosting. I mean, if you're gonna have a friend, you know, if Trump. Yeah, you know, Tucker Carlson's about the friendliest interlocutor <laughs> that, yeah. that 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 Trump is going to get. And he didn't show up for that. Um, and Tucker Carlson was making a big deal out of Ukraine. I mean, he I mean, Mike Pence's answer on that was terrible. And this, I mean, he's an experienced politician. He's a smooth guy. And he let yeah. him he let his distaste of Tucker Carlson get the best of him and got flustered. Um, Asa Hutchinson is just, I mean, Asa Hutchinson is, you know, captain happy to be there, Yeah. (laughs) you know? Uh, but, but I mean, it didn't make a lot of sense. And then, and then he addressed that yesterday. Did you see his, his, um, discussion on Bartiromo show? Let me, let me pull this up because I don't want to misquote him because it was an interesting argument. I mean, I don't agree with it. Um, and I've got a, by the time this comes out, I'll, I, I will have had a long post up on this, but, um, right now it isn't published yet. So but, everybody should still click. Yeah, definitely should still click. Here we go. <laughs> so Maria Bartiromo says, are you going to do the debate? This is the the Fox news debate, right? Next month. So she's kind of got a, you know, a little bit of a cheering interest in this. Uh, you know, she's at Fox business. This is over on Fox news channel, but still Fox and Donald Trump says, well, it's quite an easy question. Normally Ronald Reagan didn't do it. and A lot of other people didn't do it. When you have a big lead, you, a big lead, you don't do it. And we have a lead of 50 and 60 points in some cases. And some of these people are at zero. Ron DeSanctus, or as I call him, Ron DeSanctimonious is down to, he's in the teens now. And I'm at 50 and 60 and 65. And I even saw one today at 70. And so you're leading people by 50 and 60 points. And you say, why would you be doing a debate? It's actually not fair. Why would you let somebody that's at zero or one or two or three be popping you with questions? (laughs) Now, There's a whole blizzard of stuff in that answer. Yeah, One is that his number is in the 50s. It hasn't been 60 in over a month in in the aggregate, right? I'm looking at the aggregate, the RCP aggregate. He hasn't had 70 in ages. I mean, even in an individual poll. I don't know that he's ever had a 70. So I'm not sure where he's getting that. But he's not leading people by 50 or 60 points either. He's leading DeSantis by roughly 25 points, which is... Big, you know, that's big enough. And he's got a point here, but the Ronald Reagan thing, uh, I argue is him saying that he should be treated as an incumbent. And he, I mean he's not yeah, an incumbent.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When
0: Reagan did show up, um are we talking 80? No, he's talking but- 84. 84. Well, Reagan, well, well, showed he's, Reagan, sh- Reagan showed up for debates in 1980. I mean, that was the famous I'm paying for this microphone moment with. Uh, uh, right. Washington right. Sure. Right. So now he was right. The well, then he,
1: then he showed up in 84 and he destroyed Mondale with that one. No, no he's zero. talking
0: about. He, he's talking about. Yeah, he did. Oh, that was primary. It. Primary debates. They didn't have any yeah. primary debates because he was the. He was actual in- incumbent. Incumbent. Yeah. Them. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, that's what. Trump, about that. Yeah. And Trump is analogizing to that without acknowledging the fact that he's not actually an incumbent president. The last time details, you- Ed, Details. You've got to
1: see the big picture here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, Ed. You're, you know, don't get flustered.
0: <laughs> but I mean, let's let's and this is something I, I bring up in the post. Right. Which is that let's just take that argument. Let's just accept that argument. He's the incumbent because he was a former president, and and so he's an incumbent and should be treated as an incumbent. If you were an incumbent, if, or not you, because if you were an incumbent, you'd have ninety five percent. Yes, first, that's
1: true. First, that's very
0: true. Yeah. yeah. But if you are looking at an incumbent whose RCP average is fifty three percent in a primary, <laughs> um, that's right. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you be saying? This guy needs to be challenged. He needs to go out and make a case for himself again. I mean, right. right. You're already saying that about Joe Biden, and his he's got his numbers are ten points higher, which is still not good, by the way. As an incumbent at sixty-three and a half percent, I think Democrats really have something to worry about here.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. And I, well, what we're Wasn't that why one reason why Lyndon Johnson pulled out in uh, in 68 was uh, his numbers were so low and shocked everybody?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it went to the it went to the I mean, this is how presidential campaigns have changed. You've talked about this a ton. Uh, I mean, this was in February of 1968 and Eugene McCarthy either beat him or came close to beating him in New Hampshire. And that's when he pulled out (laughs) and other people jumped in. Um, yeah. nowadays, I mean, that's because people got into the race in like December of 1967, not December of 1966, you know, Eugene McCarthy had only been campaigning for a couple of months and yeah. New yeah. Hampshire showed was that LBJ was not popular in his own party and therefore, you know, was not going to do well in a general election. And if I'm looking at Trump's argument that he's an incumbent and he's at 53 and percent. And you've got one candidate in there who's providing at least a serious challenge. That's Ron DeSantis. Everybody else is sort of below the 10% mark. Um, I mean, what does that tell you about his incumbency? It tells me oh, that yeah. his party is not enthused by him. No, it's not. <laughs> and you, not yeah. Right and you, you don't
1: even need a poll for that. If I remember correctly, and it's been 20 years since I was in New Hampshire, uh, independence can pick and can vote in either party so in 68 when Lyndon did so poorly uh that wasn't necessarily all democrats
0: yeah i think that's right and i think that's true of a lot of other states you you i I, I, you can declare you can declare you have to choose for the primary you have to choose a ballot right that's true here in texas by the way you don't you don't register as a Republican or as a Democrat you can register with the party to do that, but officially everybody's just registered as a voter when you get to the when you get to the uh, that's right the in, state, just choose a ballot
1: in two thousand eight uh wasn't it rush who was trying to get uh Republicans to vote for Hillary in the texas primary uh, so to beat uh to beat obama
0: i am trying to remember which direction that was. If he was trying to get people to vote for Obama to beat Hillary or vote for Hillary to beat Obama, whatever it was, his whole thing was just cause chaos. Right. That was yeah. he called it yeah. Operation chaos. Right. Yeah. 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 That's uh, what that's about. Yeah. Because a lot of States you just choose which ballot you want to vote. in. Yeah, I'm
1: not sure I like that.
0: Yeah.
1: California. You could only vote in the one you were declared in. I, well, you could, if you not were a Republican.
0: Yeah. Not Man. anymore because it's an all-in primary in California. Right. And even yeah. less. Yeah. yeah. I think they should have party primaries still in, in in California.
1: I have a I have an irrelevant anecdote, but I just love it. Um I was a poll worker uh at some point, uh whatever it was. And uh and it was a primary uh in California. And um it's a small town, so everybody knew everybody and um Ron Porter came in and he's the town plumber. And he came in and the poll was crowded and he yelled, I'm a Republican. Can I vote here? And the poll judge stood up and said, not if you're a plumber. (laughs) 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 Pretty good. Yeah, it was. it was on the spur of the moment. Uh, you know, it was a very good-natured jolly atmosphere. Uh sure. Uh, yeah, it was an interesting uh
0: an interesting um, evening, long day. So I, I you know, along those lines um I, I'll just say this. I get his argument though about being 25 points up in the polls and not wanting to do yeah. debates. That, I mean, he's using the wrong numbers and he's using misleading. Yeah, yeah, no, he's not like 60 points he's self-serving, yeah, self-serving. But, but I get that argument strategically, short-term. I understand why, well, if I'm leading my 25 points, I don't want to give people opportunities to cross me up and to make me lose support. The problem right. is, is that yeah. his support is very limited even within the party. I mean, right now, he's got about half the party behind him, roughly, you know, 52, 53 percent at fifty-three and a half percent right now at RCP um, on the polling that he himself is citing, I should say, because if people start saying, well, that's just the polls. But those are the polls that Trump is using to justify this. Um, he needs to close the sale with 47 percent of the party. And the fact and especially if he thinks that he's an incumbent and he's, you know. Entitled to this, which is really how this comes across. It's clear that he's got a lot of work to do, and that means he he's got to, yeah. And he's got he's always had trouble. He's always had trouble getting a
1: majority. I mean, in in both federal, national elections, he didn't. Um, in in the primary in um, two thousand
0: sixteen, um, he won. Well, he didn't get majorities. He got pluralities. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I think in New Hampshire, uh,
1: the rest of the of the field got like in the high 60s. And in South Carolina, Rubio and Cruz got 42 percent and he got like 32. So, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's a pattern. It's a pattern with him. Uh, He'll 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 cite the polls that that are that are
0: self-serving. Well, that's true of everybody, though. I, I don't. I mean, I don't begrudge him that, but he just needs to state them properly. He's not up 60 points over people. He's up 25 points over people. He sometimes gets as high as 60 points in a Republican primary. But again, if you think you're the incumbent, and to a certain extent he kind of is, that's not a good number. <laughs> you know, no, the fact that you're... I, no, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. One other thing about the primary I want to talk with you about is... Ron DeSantis is going to sit down with Jake Tapper at CNN tomorrow or Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. As this goes up, it'll be, it'll be then. And you know, Trump is the one who sort of opened the door to this. He agreed to do this, the CNN town hall forum. He also does interviews with people like New York times, Maggie Haberman and all this kind of stuff. There are a lot of people saying, well, why is DeSantis, you know, going to Jake Tapper and CNN for this because CNN is terrible um, But I think DeSantis is looking at this in the similar way, which is that at some point you have to move your. That's right. You have to, you have to expand your your attraction, not just within the narrow channel that you're already in, That's the tight section of the of the party, but you have to find ways to bring more people in. And I'm not sure I would have gone with CNN first. I think I might have done. um I think I might have tried Fox and Brett Baer, who's a tough interviewer yeah Uh, and who would have just yeah yeah,
1: which is why he probably didn't well this is practice you remember uh in 2008 uh just before the vice presidential debate sarah palin did an exclusive interview with somebody i don't remember if it was rush or what with somebody uh and what that was was practice uh and uh this what this could be tomorrow or Tuesday, is, is practice. You're absolutely right. DeSantis has to broaden his appeal well beyond Republicans, even if it's just to encourage non-Republicans to cross over uh, and to vote for him. It's practice. Uh, and he's got to get his foot in the door with the American public. The media is all over him because they desperately want Trump. The media is all over. Oh, he's fading. He's stumbling. He's in a great crisis. He might even quit. I mean, it's all crap, but uh, it sells for that day. And then tomorrow, nobody remembers today uh, when they're reading that stuff. Right. Um, so he's got it's practice. He's got to get his foot in the door. And this could well do it. You know, if he has a great showing and uh, people are going, wow, that's pretty impressive. And then the Fox debate comes and he has a good showing and Trump isn't there leaving himself wide open or he is there and he acts like a fool with blowing his top and calling names. And you look at DeSantis and then you look at Trump and a lot of people will go, geez, you know, there's that familiar Trump. Uh, And here's a, a reasonable alternative. So, yeah, it's a it's a smart move. It, 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 would, it would make me if I was him <laughs> I would be I would be uptight but those guys you know that's the thing I learned when I was in politics it you look at what they do and confrontations and all that stuff and you think oh geez boy but they love it you know I mean yeah. if they're in that field they love it they love this and Bill Clinton was the worst but George W. Bush he liked it too like to walk on the high wire. Can I do it? Can I, will I do it? Or look at everybody's watching. I could make a mistake. They just, they just love that. And, um, uh, it was an intriguing insight into the personality of these people. Uh, and you know, I don't mind it and I'm not being critical. I'm just saying that that was something that surprised me.
0: Well, yes. And, um, yeah, the risk takers, Uh, some of them are adrenaline junkies i mean trump certainly is that um and um and some of them are but it gets wearing on you after a while i mean a lot of presidents grow old in office right i mean if you're there for eight years you're gonna get eight years older anyway (laughs) (laughs) some age more obviously than others trump actually never did that because he's such a attention seeker and high wire act anyway that right. it didn't wear on him the way it it did on others i mean obama and again he spent eight years in the office so you're going to look at your if you're a normal human being you're going to look at least eight years older when you come out but he looked a lot and, older and, than and people out. get tired and that's that's
1: what happens in the primaries you know people they have these crushes and they're they're political crushes where uh you know there was a little bit of a bubble one on the Ramaswamy uh where uh yeah, still
0: oh, yeah, still still undergoing too still yeah, going
1: yeah like, we kinda like kind of like it, and four months from now, no one will be able to pronounce his name like me uh it's it's <laughs> it's it, it, it it's well there it's that test drive is what it is, and it's not necessarily wrong, I mean, in a way, this is what primaries are for. They're for a party, not for chaos seekers. It's for a party to pick the person they like the best. But my theory all along has been, and I wrote about this last fall even, uh, debates are not accurate measures of a president. Uh, I mean, they're just not. They test zingers, they test your poise under pressure, under lights, uh, your ability to interrupt to dominate the screen, your magnetism, Trump has it. Your magnetism, uh, media, uh, media magnetism, uh, but it's got nothing to do with. Oh, will this guy or girl be a uh, a good president? Because presidents have hundreds of people working for them, and they don't have to know right off the tip of their tongue who is president of Pakistan, prime minister. They don't have to know what the price of milk is in Des Moines which are all these trick questions that the media is going to throw at them to show that, Oh, they're out of touch or they're in touch or whatever it's. Right. And I, and they say it's a false measure.
0: I agree with you on that. Yeah. Uh, I do want to, I do want to change subjects though, because I, I want to make sure we get to your columns Oh yeah, red state here before we run out of time. And you've got a couple of columns. uh one's a column. The other one's a Malcolm on the right. Uh, I'll just mention the Malcolm on the right. It's uh, you know, These are short, go over, be a VIP member at at Red State or VIP Gold member. And you can say, history is the shared story of a people, but we're forgetting ours. This is something that Andrew works on, uh, these great messages, these these great podcasts. So be sure to check that out. But I want to talk to you about your column. Executions are a good thing sometimes. And I'm very conflicted about the death penalty. I really am. Because I think it's been um, capricious. I don't think it's been racist. I think that that's an overblown argument, but I think it's been capricious. I think it is, um, it is a, uh, wobbly standard, uh, that's usually applied on these things. And yet sometimes some crimes really call out for something other than, three hots and a cot for the rest of your life. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right, Ed. And I understand the confliction. I was conflicted for a long time. And then I happened to be uh, working for a governor and we had uh, two death penalty cases come up. And I'm, before that, I had been interested in the subject as a, as a reporter. Uh, number one, we're having fewer executions. There were like 80-something in 2000 and in the first half of last year there were seven so the number is going down it's going down i think because of the supreme court narrowing it uh uh, to the most heinous crimes it's it's not somebody who uh, uh just in the passion of the moment in a bar kills somebody but somebody who kills somebody and then cuts them up and throws the pieces to the wolves. And I mean, these, these horrible, horrible crimes. Um, And you don't, as a news consumer, you don't, and this is one of the points I wanted to make in the column. You don't get the details, the awful, awful details of what these people have done because the media thinks they're so awful, but doesn't that tell you something? You know, they say, oh, they don't they don't want to know about uh, cutting the top of someone's head off at breakfast. Well, maybe not. But if you're writing honestly about why this person is going to be put to death by a jury of his peers uh, and a judge and the government will enforce the execution, you need to understand this. Otherwise, it's just a guy, some guy who was no doubt abused in his childhood and Maybe he was homeless, and he happened to get a gun, and in the passion of the moment—I mean, the media can make that can make that out. So uh, it's changing, and I find that subject uh, fascinating. There's nothing wrong with it changing, but I think people tend tend to forget about it. I was a witness to two official witness to two uh, lethal injection executions, Hmm. uh, and. they're, I wouldn't say moving, they're uh, very serious moments. And in Montana, they come in a house trailer that's been emptied out, and they have the gurney at the front, and the executioner's behind the glass. And witnesses are there, the family uh, or whoever wants to be there from the family, uh, usually the law enforcement agent. Um, I was the governor's official witness. Um, and, uh, when you come in, they're strapped on the gurney. The official asks him if he wants to make a final statement. In my case, they didn't. Uh, they've had their final meal. They've been offered a sedative if they want it. Uh, and a, a minister is there and it offers a, a prayer. And if they want it, they get it. Uh, and, um then there's a sedative administered you you don't see or hear anything it's just a sedative administered and the person goes to sleep quietly there's no sound uh and um once they're asleep which they can tell by uh, the heart then they administer the poison It stops the heart and seven or eight minutes later a doctor goes up and says okay we're done here or says a few more minutes uh when i was for both of them when i had and i suppose this is a factor of the chemical involved there were uh very soft coughs once or twice uh I, I imagine as they were expiring but uh and then people get up and leave and then i would go out and talk to the media it happened to be the first uh, execution in Montana since world war ii so the there was yeah, a lot of right yeah. There was a lot of uh, a lot of attention and, and interest in it. And uh, just a couple of years before, the state legislature had changed it. It was hanging <laughs> for all those yeah. years, and the state legislature changed it to an option for hanging and lethal injection. So, uh yeah, it's a it's a very serious business. And you, when you see on TV ISIS and whatever, it's all done willy nilly, and thousands of people are killed innocently. But the way we do it which is not the way the media explains it but the way we do it in this country is is very serious and methodical uh the guy the first one in montana he'd been on death row for 22 years uh of legal appeals and you know the finally the federal appeals court said no uh, and there's no more grounds here uh and 22 years just happened to be about the entire life of his victim yeah uh, who was kidnapped beaten sodomized uh top of her head and was missing and left to freeze at night and winter night out in a farm field so uh, it's pretty grisly stuff uh very grisly stuff um so anyway, I wanted to explain that uh because this this week in pittsburgh the jury federal jury will be debating whether martin bowers or bowers will um will be executed, uh, there'll be a long legal process after this, so it's not instant. You know, here's an interesting historical anecdote. In 1933, just uh, two or three weeks before uh, Franklin Roosevelt was to be inaugurated, he was in Miami and uh, he was riding in a car with the mayor of Chicago, Anton Cermak, and a guy named Giuseppe Zangara, uh, went to the crowd and and shot now the question is was he shooting at the mayor or the president presumably the president but we'll never know <laughs> because he because he was tried and convicted he refused to appeal and uh, five weeks later he was executed so it wasn't 22 years it was five weeks the, the president was a <laughs> brand new an <laughs> appeal I mean you know yeah,
0: yeah okay well let's get this show on the road yeah yeah all right well be sure to read andrew's column it's a fine column by the way very moving column. and you know andrew's a great writer anyway but i mean this is actually i think one of your best columns that i've read andrew Thank and um, yeah, well, in part because I, I, i'm conflicted by it and it's it's interesting yeah, to
1: this i agree
0: and and there's nothing wrong with being conflicted it
1: should be difficult uh these and Picking a president or a person to vote for for president should be difficult. It's not, it's, it's a knot, And people just do these knee jerk. Oh, I like he, he wears ties that are red all the time. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, It's, it's a very serious thing and you need to test drive them, which is the process that's going on now. Uh, And uh, it'll it'll be going on for quite some time. There will be horse race coverage, endless horse race coverage. He's up, he's down. Oh, he paused. Oh, will this doom him? Remember the Hollywood Access tape with uh, Donald yeah. Trump? Oh, that yeah. was that. You know, he was finished as a candidate. Well, that's when they learned it. He he wasn't finished right. as a yeah. candidate. Yeah. So um anyway, it's um it's it's a fascinating time, but it's a serious time. It's not. It's not, a, it's not a party.
0: I agree. I agree. But we need to make this a party on the way out. <laughs> it's, getting pretty, it's getting pretty, pretty darn, uh, uh, pretty darn intense. So we need to get a couple of jokes of the day. Now I've got at least one for you, but I right, want- you go, you go. Oh, you want me to go? Okay. Give All me right. a second. I got to find it. So I, I, I got to find the first one here. So <laughs> this is sort of almost in the, in in the vein of what we were just talking about. This man's in jail and his attorney comes to visit him. And the attorney says, well, look, I've got some good news and bad news. (laughs) And the guy says, well, what's the bad news? He says, well, the bad news is your blood's all over the crime scene. The DNA DNA test proves that you did it. And the guy says, well, what's the good news? He says, well, your cholesterol level is low. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like that one. Oh, that,
1: there you go. I like that one. That's, a, that's the best, Ed. Hey, your cholesterol um, levels go low. I mean, you got your health. Yeah, well, yeah, you yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, there, I, I have one that's in similar, similar vein. Moses comes down the mountain uh, from meeting with God. And uh, he, he gets up and the tribe gathers in front of him. He gets up on a big boulder and he says, I have some good news. And I have some bad news. There's a theme going on here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. He says, The good news is I got him down to 10. <laughs> <laughs> the bad news is adultery's still in there. Darn <laughs> it.
0: I was going to say, Damn, but that's, a, uh, that's no, sort of, no, the, point. That's sort of the point. Yeah. Exactly. yeah right. All right.
1: I got, uh, okay, I got another one for
0: you. Okay, go another ahead. Here. Go ahead. So two businessmen are opening up a new shop, right? And they're 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 setting up and, and uh you know, this is in Florida, they're setting up, they're not ready to open yet. And one this, the one partner says to the other, he says, you know, I bet you some senior citizen's gonna come by here, put his face to the window and and ask us what we're selling. And no sooner did he say that than sure enough, this this old man comes walking by walks up to the window, looks in, and then leans over and says, what are you selling here? And one of the men says, we're selling assholes. And the guy says, well, you're doing well. You only got two left. Well, <laughs> you're on a, you're on a roll here today. Oh, this yeah? is, I'm getting these from jokes of the day. Dot net. Yeah, it like doesn't matter. Credit. It's
1: good stuff. Uh, um, so. I, well i've got I've got another one. This is a Myers. This is an old one. Uh, Hillary denies Trump's charges that she's a bigot. That's ridiculous. I love all people of color, whether they're black, Asian, or working class urban Latinos between thirty five and fifty. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, I have another one, which is no doubt apocryphal, but Conan O'Brien says, Stanley Kaplan, who created the tutoring service for the SATs, has passed away. He was A, 88 years old, B, 92 years old, or C, none of the above.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's a nice cheery thought after after all through <laughs> all that gloom and doom. Yeah. What Well that good
1: news. He had good
0: news. He yeah, had good news. Yeah, good yeah, news and bad a, news is the theme of the
1: good, day. Got him down to ten. Yeah. yeah you yeah. wonder you wonder how many how many others were there and what were they?
0: Well, you yeah, you saw Mel Brooks's it was yeah. a history yeah, I know.
1: everybody everybody mentions that uh I have in it, my
0: hand these 15 psh, these 10 commandments yeah <laughs> Mel Brooks who's still with us by the way and uh yeah and still, yeah. Funny still funny and outrageous as ever God bless Mel Brooks yeah long life to Mel Brooks he's already had one but god bless him and I uh, hope that he continues to do well Made a lot of people laugh over the years and uh, brought a lot of joy. So uh, I want to thank, we'll just sign off by thanking Mel Brooks for that. But I also want to thank the Prince of Twitter, the Regent of RedState.com for his weekly wisdom here at the Ed. <laughs> thank you, Ed. And have a wonderful vacation. Thank you very much. We'll reconvene in three weeks. See you then, everybody. This is Ed Morrissey of Hunter.com for Town Hall. Why are you harassing Twitter, Jim Jordan asked Federal Trade Commission Chair Lena Kahn at a Judiciary Committee hearing last week. That harassment began when Elon Musk brought journalists into Twitter to expose the federal government's censorship regime. The FTC had demanded that Musk reveal his contacts with reporters in the publication of the Twitter files, arguing that it could violate a consent decree protecting customer data. Now an analyst at Ernst & Young has testified that the FTC attempted to pressure him into a negative report on Twitter to justify punitive action. Twitter has filed a motion to terminate the consent order, leading to Jordan's question during the hearing. A federal judge has put a temporary halt to the federal government's suppression of speech, but the lesson is clear. The FTC has shown its colors as Big Brother's enforcer. Authoritarians do not retreat easily. I'm Ed Morrissey.